0: Welcome to Sunrise Life, the podcast where we have deep conversations with freelance models. Today, I have Kiera Grant on the line. Say hello. Hello, world. It's Kira. <laughs> it's so good to talk to you. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. I've been listening to a bunch of them and was feeling like I wanted to join the party, even though it's a little bit scary talking to the world without the visual.
0: Yeah, what do you
1: mean by that? I'm so used to talking either like in person or I've been doing like YouTube live or whatnot, but there's always, we're in such a visual based profession world, we see images and videos. So like I'm sitting in my painting studio looking at paintings, but I'm not seeing your face or the face of people listening to us. So it makes it a little bit more abstract.
0: Yeah, I did have a podcast where I had video on both ends and I shared it on YouTube also in the past during the pandemic. It was like a completely different podcast, but it was so much work. And then I felt like I had to do my makeup and stuff. And it's just a lot less work and a lot less prep to do just an audio podcast.
1: Oh, it makes way more sense. And then you can listen to it while cruising down the road rather than needing to sit and watch someone.
0: Yeah, exactly. Also, I think that when you're forced to listen to us talk instead of looking at us on picture or video, I think that it is another element where it's all of our thoughts and our words that have the emphasis on it. Yeah, because we're so used to just people looking at us and then not reading the caption that we wrote or whatever. Very true. Yeah. So for, for our listeners, would you mind talking about how you started modeling and how your career has progressed until it's led you to where
1: you are now? Sure. So I used to live in California, and way back when, I remember I started going to a nude beach because a friend didn't like wearing a bikini around the normal beach. So we went to this nude beach together and somehow that introduced me to the world of nude beaches. Like I just didn't even know that was a thing. I don't know if I was like 17 then or whatnot. We were wearing bikinis then, but then I went back and that kind of became my home one summer. I was doing summer school. And I would go there, I made friends there, just hang out. And it was just totally natural and cool. And I had this dumbass friend that was like, dude, I'm gonna take your picture. And I was like, "Uh, okay, by the way, this is not when I'm still 17. This is like college age, just miss that through things. (laughs) But, and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. So he took photos of me. And they are exactly what you picture, a random dude who has a pretty friend posing for them, what they look like, and they are awful. <laughs> They're <laughs> hysterical. So over oh, but over the years I did that a few times with him. And then one like one summer in grad school I was like, Hey, like maybe I could like do a little of this. That was kinda of fun. And I sought out a Craigslist ad and took a Booking, where I ended up, I mean, these pictures are also pretty horrible. And I'm wearing like this bikini and I'm in this windowsill and I'm on a fence and I end up topless by the end because I feel so comfortable being nude. But like at this time I was also in school for music and going to be teaching. And I wasn't supposed to be nude out there because teaching and nudity just in our society don't go together, even though they're irrelevant to each other. But yeah, I I did that. And then I learned about Model Mayhem and I got sucked into this world of images and before I'd been doing music and you would spend hours and hours and years working towards something. And then there'd be like one payoff or there would never be a payoff because you could might work on the same like etude for like years and this like there was something very immediate like you do a photo shoot and you get photos and you look at them and it's like wow look we made something and i think part of that magic from that kind of attracted me so i got into model mayhem i had a quarter life crisis is what i called it and as soon as i got my degree i just packed up my stuff and went on my first modeling road trip and it was so exhilarating. It was awesome. Like I would go on a hike, I'd take off my clothes. I would make art on, you know, everywhere on trees and rocks and sand and all these things. And it was just such an adventure. And then I'd get a paycheck and I was like, whoa, this is like magic. No, of course there were also things that were not magical with it, but (laughs) there was that magic addictive, like whoa and after i did that first summer road trip i could have gone back to my life that i was doing before which is going to be like teaching lessons and being a musician and all those things and i just i never stopped the journey i lived on the road for six years i would travel 300 days a year and then i'd come back randomly in texas and stayed with a friend in this little hobbit home is what i called it it was like this little loft mm. space with a persian napping rug and then i had to go back on the road again so i did that for years i took a winter off and went to argentina and then i did that for a few modeled for a few years then i took a year off And I went backpacking in South America for a break and an adventure. And then, yeah, so I did that. And then I came back and then I ended up in a relationship and traveling a little bit less at one point and picking up oil painting. But basically my career has, I mean, and it's been 14 years now and it has been a wild ride. And now I'm in that spot where I'm like, Man, modeling is such a cool gig and, wait, I want to be a home and painting as well, you know, that, which is one of the struggles models always deal with where, like, it is both amazing and it's a lot of work and it pulls us away from setting, like, an, a home, which is why you, you have a, mo. you know, your home gets to move everywhere. So you've solved it well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah.
0: In a sense, even though I have a trailer that I live in, it's there's still a lot of stuff that normal people that live at an address can do that I don't do. For example, being able to go to a regular yoga class. You know, you have to be in the same city and sign up for the class and be in the same place all the time. So there, there is stuff that I also kind of miss. That I, yeah, for sure. The payoff of traveling is cool though. So there's sacrifices.
1: Yeah, I definitely, when I first, after like the first like year or two, I was like, man, if only I didn't have a two door Honda Civic. And then at some point I was like, I should get a bigger vehicle and then I can sleep in it. And then I was like, well, I don't know if that's like, I was like, I wish I had that already, but I don't know that trading in what I have for that was necessarily what I wanted. And definitely now that I oil paint, and you cannot sleep in the same room you oil paint in or you're like, it's toxic to your brain. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you just can't do that. So yeah. I have to be I have to be like at home. And yeah, I, I tried painting in in my bedroom, and my brain stopped working as well. It's so, actually really scary. Yeah, it was super scary. Yeah. You you know, you need your brain. Even pretty models need their brains for all sorts of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a lot to organize our schedules.
0: I didn't realize that oil paint was that toxic.
1: Yeah, it's the, even if it's an odorless turpentine, like, I mean, you could choose to use water based ones, but I don't really want to do that. I want to use like the real deal oil paints. But yeah, even if you don't think it's affecting things. I was like writing the wrong dates like models do an, an amazing job scheduling like the amount of things we have to schedule together and even the most perfect models will mess up one thing i guess i'm admitting to this now for everyone to hear oh my god i messed up my schedule like mm-hmm. one a year like you'll mess up like one shoot a year that you like oh just double book or like mm-hmm. something happens and you're just like oh my god i cannot believe it it's like in high school i used to sleep through my alarm once a semester you know like because yeah. humans make mistakes they might be yeah. excessive excessively early other than that but once a semester there was a, a whoops and the oil painting summer that i was painting in my home i messed up a couple and i like were Emailing was like, wait, what month am I writing? It's very weird.
0: <laughs> so when you first and solved now, <laughs> that's good. That's good. So when you were first telling about how you got into modeling through being photographed by your friend at the nude beach, I was like very curious about all that. And then you went from there to find gigs on Craigslist. Because in my experience, at nude beaches, there's always like not always, but there's almost always like that one weirdo that kind of like makes your nude beach experience a little bit weird and then on craigslist there's always like something weird happening with somebody on craigslist did you have any like weird nude beach and or craigslist experiences
1: so nude beach not like photo shoot. I mean there's always like at a nude beach, there's always somebody there we call the looky-loo and they're just sitting there like looking at you. And that's annoying because that's not why you're there. But there was like I had like a whole community of people. So like somehow I just made my group of friends there. That's cool. Um, yeah, so that wasn't really an issue. And then Craigslist um Unfortunately, there are total creeps. My very first gig was from there, and the amazing thing about this photographer is he knew nothing and over the years, we shot together and he' was like I learned how to model and became a really great model. and he learned how to do photography and became pretty damn good and worked together over the years. And so he was a like he was a good one, the guy that hired me at first. One of my early shoots, unfortunately, was an awful one, and I don't really need to go into that so publicly. But he's in jail, so oh fuck, um, yeah. So my my one of my early ones was a bad, bad bad person.
0: So dude, um, whoa, that sounds awful. I don't know whatever. Yeah, it was. now he was
1: also on. Mod- he was also on Model Mayhem, so it kind of made me go, well, is that a Craigslist thing? Because he's also a model mayhem and there's obviously tons of delightful human beings on model mayhem, like without that, like most of us wouldn't have had this job, like pre-Instagram and I'm actually one of the people that's like back in the old days, we used to use model mayhem and we knew where people lived and we just said, hey, look, I'm an art nude model and look at my amazing poses. And if you'd like to hire me, that would be cool. And now we're on Instagram and we're like, censored differently. And I'm like, I'm an art nude model. you can't really tell I have an amazing midsection. It's my strong point. You kind of can't really tell because it's Instagram, but you know, so model main has good things. So yeah, Craigslist has weird people and I look through it every once in a while and it's mostly like, yeah, why did I spend those? minutes doing that
0: but yeah 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 have you actually seen or heard of that documentary craigslist joe no it's about a guy of course it's a guy because if it was a girl i'm sure the documentary would have gone differently but he basically just traveled with a laptop and a toothbrush in his backpack only surviving off of craigslist and he went all around the country hitchhiking and crashing on people's couches Whoa. and like you know trading services for food and stuff so all everything that he lived off of was he found through craigslist and it was a great documentary but i do feel like if it was a female doing that then maybe the film would have gone differently
1: <laughs> yeah i think so i
0: mean that sounds amazing
1: i mean yeah it is amazing these you know the trust, like one of the issues people ask about modeling so often is like, like, do you feel safe? Like you're doing all these things, and it's just like, I don't know. There's a lot of good humans out there, and if you use your, you know, your good sense, then and you learn how to know these things, then you kind of can get by by trusting people. Now, I think just living on Craigslist is probably a little bit much, but
0: okay. yeah. yeah yeah that's true but you're right about that like i feel like there's so much fear of the world from people in general that a lot of people would be too worried to start traveling modeling because they're like oh there's so many bad guys out there i gotta worry about it but in all reality it's there's a lot more good people out there than there are people who are out to get you but you don't know until you learn through experience
1: yeah I mean that's always my problem every time like safety comes up is that it's the new models I had bad experiences when I started, and I have not had bad experiences in so many years a because i the way I send emails just makes it sound like I'm not gonna put up with bullshit yeah and b i just if I'm sensing that somebody's not someone that I want to be around. I always just say, I'm not that hungry, you know? Yeah. I don't need to be around that. But when you're new and you're fresh out of college, someone waving around a couple hundred dollars sounds like pretty magical. Yeah. And you also don't know what's, what's right. Whereas like once you've been doing this, you're like, no, this is, I'm actually making amazing art and here's all these things that go into my job and no, I don't really need to deal with that. Yeah,
0: true that. I want to take a short little break to tell you about Model Society. ModelSociety.com is a website dedicated to featuring figurative fine art photography for models and photographers. What makes them different than other portfolio hosting websites is that some of those other websites will still host kind of tacky photography or exploitative photos. Model Society screens all of their contributors for quality, and authenticity. So you only get the best of the best on there. If you're not a photographer or model, you can still enjoy and appreciate Model Society because they also have newsletters and magazines featuring their best work and new articles each week. Check it out, modelsociety.com. I will also include a link to Model Society in the show notes. All right, back to our show. I think this is a, a good time to segue into what I call the photo shoot fail of the week. It doesn't have to be a fail. It can be something else. But can you recall a photo shoot story that was memorable because it was crazy in some kind of a way, whether it was the photographer themselves that were crazy or the situation around the
1: photo shoot? Man, this is so difficult because I was like, which one do I want to do? You could tell more Um, than one if you want. (laughs) So, but I think one of the biggest fails is normally when people want to paint you. I think is a fail. I think that's awesome in theory. And I still really want to get painted. I have this idea of doing like these great gold photo shoots, like with gold furniture. But my first time I was ever painted, I was like told I was going to be painted gold. Cool. Cool. I get to the studio, and he has this little tiny brush, and he's gonna paint me with little tiny brush. So it takes forever. Um, I don't know why I couldn't have painted part of me. And then we did a photo shoot, and I've never seen the photos. And then this is when being new, I didn't know to ask. He didn't have anywhere to wash. He had Uh... like. A a wash basin, you know, you have like a bathroom. So I'm like rubbing with some wet wipes, trying to get, I'm completely gold, you know. And (laughs) I know, I I feel like every model has this story, which is what's super ridiculous. (laughs) And it's so I'm trying to get myself clean. And I'm obviously, you can't, you can't reach everywhere. And it's this is the Marron paint, which is actually the right one to use because it's not bad for your skin. And but unless you get it off right and you know how to get it off, which I think it's coconut oil helps is what someone said. I don't remember what it was, but so then I go to like a Starbucks bathroom afterwards I have to delete to the shoot. You know, he's not paying for the time to try to get this off. Like he was shot, timed out and he was like, "Okay, right, we're done. And it's like, no, actually now we know this goes during it. So then I go to like a Starbucks or McDonald's, I don't know, some bathroom and I'm trying to clean off of there. I mean, getting floors a disaster and then I leave oh. and I'm marginally cleaner. Then I, I remember I was in Austin actually and I'm sitting at Whole Foods outside and I'm going to go see one of my friends later, but I'm stuck all day until then. So I'm sitting there hanging out and people are looking at me funny because of bits of like gold on me and I'm just like, yeah, okay, great. And finally, I get to my friend's hotel, and I'm in the bathtub, and I'm trying to get it. And I'm, like, sitting there, and he's, like, just laughing, just being like, wait, what? Like, what is your job? Like, I don't even understand. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Gold, can you help scrub me? Because there's parts I just can't get well enough. Yeah. It's been baking in, like, 100-degree Texas heat oh, for the God. last, like, I don't even know how many hours. and. It just was just one of those like, okay. And this is why cleanup time has to happen during the photo shoot because if you go to another shoot and they expect you to look like flesh colored, whatever whatever color your flesh is, and you're like residues of gold or purple or blue or anything that obviously is not cool. So. Yeah.
0: Oh my god. And that has
1: happened to me also actually. see it happened to everyone until you learn to say "Mm." yeah like another thing is like glitter like i tell people i am allergic to glitter and i've had people like really it's like no no one's allergic to glitter but no i don't do glitter like no (laughs) although i have in settings where it was like the last photo shoot of a trip where i had a few days off or it was light colored and it wasn't gonna look like black and specks of bugs all over me
0: mm-hmm. you know for
1: the next week so yeah i don't know yeah. if i should tell another crazy story or go ahead or i'm down i love um, to hear these <laughs> so then i was shooting was shooting on one of those lira And I shot on one, like a little one before and did all these cool things. And I have zero training in that. And that was before it became popular. Like, I feel like now a lot of people train and actually like know what to do with aerial arts, but Mm -hmm. people used to just be like, here's this prop, use it. And I'd be like, okay, I can use it. Cool. You know, strength and knowing how to pose, you can do anything. But there was this one that was extra big. It was like four feet by four feet or something ridiculous. And this photographer insisted that I hang upside down. And I kept saying, this one's too big. I know I can hang under these other ones, but I was like, I don't think that I, this is not going to work. But he kept pushing it. And I knew that if I didn't do it, he was going to be like, well, model XYZ did it. Uh huh. And well, I'm not a woods. I mean, I can do anything, great. So finally I agree to do it because I know I can get up and upside down and do his pose, but the part I was worried about is how am I going to get righted because I won't be able to grab both sides to flip myself back over. So I get myself, there's concrete with a little pad, which that's was good, and get myself on the top hanging upside down, take some pictures and then I'm stuck. And I'm like, I'm stuck, help me. And I keep <laughs> repeating it. And he's looking at me like, and I'm just looking at him upside down like, I'm stuck, help me. And he's like, but you're nude, like, can I? And he's worried that he needs to touch a nude model to get her, like to help her. And I don't care about that. I am stuck. I don't care that I'm nude. I need help off of this thing because otherwise like, I'm there until someone's going to help me down. So it was just really funny. Like, he's just like, huh? What? But like, yes, I don't care. Help me down. So yeah, it, that's funny. It's good. that It's good that some photographers know and respect, like don't touch the naked girl or naked yes. woman or naked person. But at some point, if somebody is saying they're stuck, like, it, just, just help them. Yeah. Like,
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're so. asking for it so i mean asking for the help i mean like you know
1: because you could be yeah. injured
0: what if he never helped you like how
1: would you get down i don't know how i was gonna get down like it that's why i didn't want to do that pose because <laughs> i knew that it wasn't you know going to be easy to get down or possible
0: yeah so. and and that's something that A lot of photographers that are asking models to do something that might be acrobatic or challenging they just assume oh she can do whatever but then when you put things into play it it's not always like easy you know sometimes things are impossible like what they're what they're asking.
1: Or sometimes you mostly can do it but it might go terribly wrong and obviously we like models are badasses like we are taking calculated risks kind of all the time there's you know there's a shoot i did with a fire spinner in this garage and i put wet my hair and braided it and he was like spinning fire on me and it was so cool like it was i guess it was so fiery hot it was really rad and then like within a year afterwards, I heard about some like garage exploding because of some fire. And it was during a photo shoot and this model got the burns and I was like, holy shit. I never even thought about that. Like, yeah, there was fire spinning around and, you know, accidents are accidents, like no one plans on an accident happening, but they happen Yeah, to everyone in different capacities. So yeah it was really scary yeah
0: it can't happen i feel lucky that i've never been burned at any of the photo shoots with fire that i've done also
1: yeah i always think about it with smoke bombs i'm like smoke bombs are so cool but is that a good idea yeah like i caught my cloak on fire or my friend's cloak on fire like, like like you know
0: yeah. And pe- people see things in photos and they're like, oh, I want to do that photo, but don't necessarily look at the safety video about how to do it safely and then put the model on the spot and be like, here, blow this thing up and pose with it. And you're like, uh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Jump, just jump on this rock, rock cliff edge or this log. And it's like, well, it might be okay, but it also might not. like <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I always think about I think about these things because our body is our livelihood. So if we break a limb, like not that like if you do a computer work or lots of other jobs, like like yeah, your life would be a lot harder to work on the computer if you broke a limb. But like we break a limb and we're actually out a job. Yeah. You know, you know it's scary thinking how much like our face, you know, if we seriously like have something happen to our face like you know you're wearing a pickle
0: yeah i I know a model who broke her arm because she was posing on some rock formations at like a group event she fell and broke her arm and she couldn't model for like four months because she was in a cast wow yeah so that was an expensive
1: shoot (laughs) that is a really expensive shoot yeah that's why there's certain things you know (laughs) just say I just say no to them so yeah
0: and it's like I've thought about this in the past like if we had a certain type of like insurance for modeling you know like but it's hard to like legitimize on paper like being traveling nude model and have like specific
1: coverages for what we do but in a way it's like actually it would be you know it would be good there's no workers comp so yeah which is right you know i mean the cool thing about being freelance is you're you both work when you want to and all the time so yeah but you work or you work all the time like that's actually what i've been kind of loving it was like you can like I traveled all summer long, so I travel like ten weeks within a twelve week period. But then that includes weekends, and that's not like a forty hour work week when you're on the road. Like you're on the road, you take a sunrise to you know late night shoots, and you stagger it so you get enough sleep, obviously. But you know you're kind of working nonstop, so that later if you want to take a month off. You, you can, so yeah, which I think is very rad.
0: Yeah, the flexibility of creating your own schedule is nice, but at the same time, I'm sure you've dealt with this also. Like the pattern of it becomes addicting, and then if you are setting up all these plans for like months into the future, of like what shoots you're going to have, where you're going to go, you're in this pattern of like setting that up, and if you need like, you know. To break from that, you really have to schedule your break like three months ahead of time.
1: Yeah, that's where it gets tricky because you don't necessarily know. You know, like I feel like I'm always scheduling things and I'm like, man, I wish I was home for this. And it's like, well, you're not because you scheduled to be away. Yeah. But you don't know what you're going to want in your life like four months down the line. But if you're not scheduling it four months down the line, then you're not working then. Yeah. Have you dealt with burnout? So my South American journeys kind of were associated with that. There was, since I lived on the road, I didn't have a set place. And there was always the conundrum of, if I live somewhere, like back in the day, if I live somewhere I'm paying rent and I'm staying still, but then I'm not working. So then that suddenly feels really weird so I, that's why I would just seriously, I called myself the artful nomad and was on the road. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you do get burned out because it's artistic and creative and physical and full on social. And I'm an extroverted introvert. And sometimes like, like, I always laugh when people are like, Well, if you ever get lonely, if you ever need like time, and when you're this, I'm like, sometimes I want to talk when I'm not working, but sometimes I want to like, just don't talk to anyone, but you get, you get burnout. And so one winter I looked at the cost and I was like, it's the same cost to go to Argentina for two months as it would be to rent an apartment for two months in Houston and pay for expenses. And then I can just have a whole nother adventure and not worry about that. So I did that. And then my South American trip was like, okay, I need a break and I need to do something different. And if I watch my friends working in the United States, I'm going to be feeling like, well, what am I doing that's better or feeling left out? Or like, I can't actually take a break. It's like at workshops. I never feel like you're taking a break if you're watching your peers work because you either want to be doing that, or at least for me, I either want to be doing that or I want to like just shut my eyes and not watch it sometimes. Um, Yeah. So I went to South America for 10 months and, you know, just took a full on break. And I know like the pandemic for some people, actually, the lockdown helped a lot of like, it was like impose and imposed a break. Like it was like tough luck. You don't get to model whether or not you want to and i feel like some people came out of that being like i miss this i miss this please photograph me like let me make art let me talk ideas look i can bend this way and look at the light and what if we do this because they were so starved of getting to do that so burnout is real i mean so many models talk about it and i kind of set up a cycle so in the winter i work less and then in the spring and summer i work more you know that's
0: cool so, and then you just kind of even out your expenses based on what you made in the spring and summer
1: yeah i mean i was always going to be a freelancer so any kind of freelance like i had a boyfriend that used to like do extra gigs and you'd be like i have extra money and then later you'd be like i have no money and i was like mm, you "No, know, that extra yeah. money you put it put, put in an account because i know you made double the amount that month that's actually to pay for that month so i never learned much about investing and i wish i had but i'm very good at saving and you know you need that like yes you know i do i do understand that sometimes when we're on the road like it's like it makes pretty good money so you save it for that month when you're not able to be you know like christmas time december Like December is basically useless for me trying to work. I think if you do like holiday pinups, it works really well. But I think if you're like awesome art nude, sometimes outdoors sort of things, it's just, it's not so great.
0: Yeah. And then you can work on other projects too if you're like dedicating time in the winter to
1: not be traveling. Yeah. So like now I work on my painting more, more in the winters, but then. I'm at this point where I'm like, I start being gone so long that I'm like, do I even still know how to paint? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you said that when you were in school, you were going to be a teacher and you were going to be
0: teaching music.
1: So I never mentioned people get to find out my instrument when they meet me in person.
0: Oh. I keep that.
1: I keep that. I know. <laughs> so if you'd like to know that, hire me. And if you already know that, don't write that in the comments. I can somewhere. I'll just keep your mouth shut. But, Yeah, I just kind of—I don't know why. Like, that's part of why I became Kira Grant, is I was trying to have some separation between the two. And now, at some point, that's irrelevant because I have divorced my instrument and I oil paint now. With music, you're either you're doing it all the time or you're not doing it. Yeah, you can't just be like, "Oh, I think I'm going to play for a week." You can when you're not professional. Yeah. But you can't, you know, when like that's your thing. It's kind of in the same way like modeling, honestly, I find like when you're in the groove, it works easier to model than if you take too long off, then you have to like there are actually skills and you're like, Whoa, well, I forgot that actually balancing takes practice and being toast takes practice. So Definitely. But but yeah, I was going to teach I was gonna teach lessons and the funny thing is some of my early shoots like there was one i was like okay i can be nude you can do portraits of me and then you can do nude anonymous images of me and that's and then i realized it didn't work then like it was published in a model man portfolio and it was clearly the same lighting and there was portraits Mm -hmm. up to you know about you know i don't know collarbone and then there were pictures of me in like the same setting but from behind fully nude and i was like this is i don't know like i don't think you can do this and get away with this and i know there's some people that do but it kind of felt it felt like playing with fire so yeah at some point i was just like i'm so comfortable being nude and i don't want to just be a portrait model and back in the day, it used to be the thought of like, that portrait models didn't necessarily look into the camera. Like there were different schools of thought on that. And it was like, art models, look away. glamour models, look at the camera, you know? Mm, um, yeah. Which obviously <laughs> is wrong, but I feel like, like 14, 12 years ago, that was a little bit more of the practice. Um, Definitely.
0: So when you're initially having the, you know, you can take portraits of me and then anonymous nudes, what was that initial hang up? Like, where did that stem from in your life?
1: It was just, if you want to
0: teach
1: and you yeah. nude, you can lose your job. I mean, I knew, there, knew of some models that did that. And it was one of those, like, well, which one do I want to do? You know, if you want to have, like, I'd always been teaching at summer camps and whatnot. And it was like, if you want to have that in your life, you kind of can. But I was so, so comfortable being nude. Like, I'm kind of a nudist. Like, that's just my natural being. I mean, if if I'm cold, I'm wearing clothes. If no one wants to see me nude, I'm wearing clothes. Like, like at home, I'm not walking around nude all the time. I'm wearing clothes because that's... I think that there's misconceptions about what nudism actually is but if you want to be in a teaching capacity like that's not that's you might be able to get away with it in certain art things but i think in general and i was living in texas then and in texas they were not going to be very cool with that
0: right so like your friends and family did they have an influence on on your nudity in your life
1: oh they're I definitely lost friends because of this job and my parents didn't want their people to know. So no, my, my parents are not, not cool on that. Like they think that they're all like open and accepting and they've grown to accept it more, but I used to not be allowed to work in my hometown and people didn't know. They just knew I modeled. And I was just like, no, it's, it's not as open as you If you're actually open and accepting and loving something you wouldn't like tell people about it you know (laughs) so yeah but i went to like i went to an arts high school and like people you know students would be nude around each other like i used to do homework in a bathtub and friends would like come in with problems and pull me out of the bathtub and you know have conversations and you know it was just no big deal
0: that that sucks that you lost friends over your choices of being a nude in photos, how, like, how did that conversation
1: happen? Just some of them were just thought I could do better. And they just thought it was trashy, which was so, it was just so weird. It was like, my best friend was involved in politics, living in DC. And, you know, it's a much more conservative images driven atmosphere it hurt. It was just like, but we went to art school together. Like, but I love you. And this is just what I do. And it's, it's pretty, it's cool. And don't you know, like, look, I'm on a rock, like making this shape, like, like, uh, there's nothing, you know, in my earliest stuff, like really nothing was sexual, either. So like, it would just felt like, like, it was stuff that I felt comfortable showing people, Mm -hmm. you know, showing my mother, and it was like, so how can you or showing my friend, it's like, can you not be okay with it? If I feel comfortable showing it to you, then clearly I'm not ashamed. But people, you know, they all have different backgrounds.
0: Yeah, true that. I have another question that I ask everybody on the show. It's called the Rising Phoenix era of your life. Can you describe a situation where you were faced with a challenge that you had to overcome, whether it was related to your modeling or otherwise?
1: I mean, in a way, this was kind of my answer to it, but was talking about like coming to terms with what I was doing. Because when I first started, I both thought it was amazing and I was really upset that I'd given up music and it it took years to be like, "Wait, but i I went to school, I got a master's degree in this thing, and like now I'm doing this other thing, and' like, is this you know, and like who who am I like like I'm a model, like I don't look like a fashion model like what like you know it's just thinking you're not really good enough or maybe you're making the wrong decisions and at some point i was just like no actually i have the most kick-ass job and i'm really good at it and sorry that sounds so modest but i think it's true there's lots of people that are really good at it but i am really good at it and yeah I just coming to terms with it and another part of that is i feel like i used to take really bad Photos like I was like, I'm ugly, and all my pictures I took of myself like, I scrunched up my face to make myself look intentionally bad because I was worried I was going to look bad without making an intentionally bad face, and so I just jumped to it, and then there was no chance of looking nice, which is really stupid, quite frankly. I'm glad I've grown up since then. Um, <laughs> but modeling has made you like made me systematically look at every single feature. And there's so many features on myself that I didn't like. And I was like, I don't like this and I don't like that. And I would, it was like, there was like the feature of the week that I didn't (laughs) like. Like I shouldn't model because I'm too short. Well, you know what? My feet touch the ground. My legs are the right length or whatever. You know, like, oh, I'm doing this because my hair's like curly. No, my hair is awesome. Like people like curly hair. I love my curly hair now. Or like, you know, just different, I'm not going to point out where all the features that I thought were my problem because then you might go, "Oh, that's right. Actually, I didn't really <laughs> Right. But like I had a photographer asked me like, "What do you think your biggest weakness is as a model?" And I was like, "Well, if you don't see it, then why would I point it out?" Because like what is my biggest weakness might be someone's like favorite feature, you know who knows but yeah i just kind of had to like systematically go through and be like nope this is what i got and this is what i'm going to use and you know and i feel like lots of models have that where they're like not sure that they are good enough in certain aspects and you know we compare ourselves to others but we're supposed to all look different And that's kind of the beauty, otherwise it would all be the same and boring and otherwise we can just use AI and put an AI image of a woman on a rock or a sofa and they can look the same. And gosh, I hope that never happens. I know it is happening already, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah.
0: Have you interacted with AI for any reason?
1: I kind of refuse to, I'm, I mean, I'm an oil painter. I mix paints and do old fashioned stuff like that. I'm part fuddy duddy. I don't want to deal with it. And I do understand how it can be a cool tool, but it it kind of freaks me out. Quite frankly, I don't like it, but it's here. So at some point. You know, at some point I'm sure people will be using it and my face will be in it, you know, and people can make weird AI art that looks like Christy and looks like Kira and looks like Rebecca and looks like all the people, and that's sad.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, a short, funny story. <laughs> Before AI was popular, Are you familiar with deep fakes? Yeah. Somebody made some deep fake videos where they stitched my face onto a porn actress's body. And so it looks like I'm doing all this like explicit porn, like having sex with a man and stuff like that. And a lot of people thought it was me for real, even though like there's a logo in the bottom corner that says deep fakes but i know that with ai now they have like some app where you could put a picture of anybody up and just delete their clothes and ai will like you know make wow. them look like they're nude underneath and so yeah so there's definitely some unethical stuff about ai and i was wondering like if, if somebody makes fake nude images of you and posts them online not that i would care because i'm already naked all over the internet but like for somebody that doesn't have nudes on the internet yet or you know, doesn't plan on putting any up. Could you get in, I wonder if you could still get in trouble for revenge porn laws for making AI nudes of someone and then posting them.
1: I mean, probably, but like my question is like, what are their cultural ramifications if everyone can make fake nudes of everyone and suddenly everyone supposedly can be nude without even being nude, like, you know, Yeah, it's a it's just a it's a weird thought. Like it's weird thinking like if weird stuff was a certain type of content's made of one model, and then later they end up doing that. But then, like, can't you just make an AI? Like, I'm always curious. Like, OnlyFans exists. It's like, well, couldn't you just have AI OnlyFans, and like, you don't even have to be in it, or you can film like two things, and then suddenly AI can just make an entire layouts and then you can be like selling it as if it's you without it being you
0: that would save me I mean, a lot of
1: work <laughs> i know it's, uh, wow. it's so weird because then i'd just be like i don't know i could put that out there I'd be like yeah i did that once but now i have 100 videos like that like so that's cool like that's fine Oh my god, Um, I just
0: had a like a imaginatory breakthrough because I hate doing custom videos for my OnlyFans subscribers because it's like you have to do that 10 minutes of work and you have to say their name throughout the video so you can't use that video anywhere with any other like thing. It's just this one time I made this video. Yeah. What if AI could just I could just type into AI you this is what the customer wants and this is what their name is just generate a 10 minute video. (laughs)
1: So do i'd be pretty amazing
0: i suppose in that aspect i would definitely utilize it i hope none of my fans yeah. are listening to this right now <laughs> oh they're
1: totally listening to it and they're just like well if you make it 50 percent longer i'm okay with that <laughs> i mean it's still you like i don't know yeah it's a fast it's a fascinating thing and it's also kind of it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. So actually speaking of stuff like that, faking is, cause now like in a way, like they can, people can make whatever they want. And I think, like, I think about the model releases we sign, there is a closet say it can like basically be used for any purpose whatsoever, unless you write something different on them, mm-hmm. you know, and they do say that we can be altered like the standard model release kind of just says Mm -hmm. hey we paid you and these are our photos and we can do whatever we want so yeah (laughs) you know yeah um and like i i shot with someone once this is a funny story and yeah and he was like well will you pee for a photo and i was like well no he's like well can i photoshop you as if you're peeing for a photo i was like well oh my god so this is where my answer is different from everybody else's. Most people would say, No, F off, go away. I'm not doing that. My answer at the point was actually technically according to the model release, I'm going to sign and I, I guess you can. But I'm a very factual human. So we did an image that he then photoshopped pee coming out. He was like leaning against this door, like 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 you pee. I don't know what pose like nobody leans against the door like that like they pee. like this. girls don't do that right. so whatever I did that pose and then he photoshopped pee coming out of me which I guess this is relevant because he could have AI'd this You could just be like let's have cure grant pee and I was just like so I've seen the image and it makes me laugh because I think it's so stupid and I'm like well like whatever it just looks like a picture of me with like water coming out of me because i whatever so it's just funny like you could just ai all sorts of stuff
0: yeah instead of
1: photoshopping it
0: i was thinking about that when those deep fake videos came out of me and i was like to me it was obvious that it wasn't me because the person's body was different than mine and they didn't have the tattoos that i have and stuff and i was like well at first pissed about it i was like oh it looks like i'm doing something that i would never do But then, I mean, eventually now I do make work like sort of like that with my partner, but not exactly. But anyway, I was like, well, there's already tons of porn on the Internet. Like, why am I personally offended that somebody like made fake porn of me? Because with myself, I know that I didn't do it. I didn't cross my own personal comfort zone to create something for the money. So I don't feel like I've been wronged in that sense somebody stitched my face on somebody else's body doing something that I wouldn't have done. But like the only people that are going to believe it's real are people that are fantasizing about that happening anyway. So like, am I offended that they're having those fantasies and that there's a visual to support that fantasy? Like why, why would I be so upset In, in the long run? Like looking back on my life, I'm like, why would I be upset about that if somebody made fantasy? I suppose if it was something truly fucked up, like something that was like more offensive. I mean, having sex is like not that offensive in my opinion. I think that if it was like, you know, me doing a Nazi campaign or something really fucked up, then I would be pissed.
1: (laughs) But having sex, I mean, ideally we're all doing that in our own lives, so, you know. Like no one's like, ha ha, she's having sex. It's like, no, that's good.
0: Yeah, I mean, most people are doing it. I mean, not 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 trying to make like a generalization, but it is a normal thing. I mean,
1: <laughs> yes, it's a very human thing. Yeah. So, well, sometimes it's just the, it's the violation. Like, it's the same thing as like some photos I might. I feel like that's the thing about like people that are like sneaky photos about stuff or like the difference between like making and choosing to share one content on like an OnlyFans, like is you're choosing to do that then, which is very different than somebody else trying to sneak that and trying to share that without consent. You right. Know? And right that, that changes everything. It's like the choice and the consent and the context. Um,
0: yeah, and the copyright, because if somebody is like you know zooming into your crotch when you're not consenting to that being photographed and then posting it online, if they have the copyright for it, technically, you can't you know send a DMCA to get it taken down,
1: yeah, which is which is scary. <laughs>
0: Yeah. But then if you shoot your own explicit content and it gets leaked, you have the rights to pursue getting it taken down, which is why I like making my own
1: content. Then you do it in your own, you know, in your own sphere and on your own terms. Yeah. But I hadn't hadn't really thought about that. that It gives you, you know, if it is leaked and it wasn't supposed to be leaked, then you have control.
0: Yeah. uh, Actually, it happens to me all the time. I have to send out takedown notices frequently sadly i might have,
1: i might have to learn how to do that just for background i mean i'm yeah i haven't encountered very much of that but i i'll, I'll i can email you about that if you want
0: if you need it yeah some stuff to be taken down cool well we are yeah, pretty close yeah. to our hour Is what <laughs> i know the time went by so fast Is there anything that you wanted to bring up before we
1: go? I know we said lots of cool things. Um, I don't know. I would, I guess my one thing that I'm very whiny about these days is that Instagram is now that people use that as like their main site, but it's not, doesn't like the kind of art that we do. It just seems like such it's like such a weird it's just such a weird world to me now like where we're going i guess you know we're talking about the ais and all those things and instagram where i'm just like i would love to see like more of a community of like let's do all of our beautiful art art somewhere and we don't care if it has a little bit smaller of a thing you know of a viewership but just Like, I'm always sad when I think about what I'm able to share on Instagram versus, like, what 95% of my art actually looks like. And the same as yours. Like, I know the genre of lingerie in nature. Mm -hmm. I feel like, actually, that's one of your big things that you've, I don't know if you've started, but I feel like I was seeing a lot of yours. And then I was seeing other people doing it, is, like, it both makes sense in today's context, but. Art nude and natural just makes more, more sense. To yeah,
0: me. I definitely so. agree. Like, it always looks more like it belongs to be nude in nature, but I can't post it. But
1: yeah. so many
0: other people can post stuff that I would get taken down for, and I hate that.
1: I know I hate the rules being so uneven. Whereas, like in a way that these sites are deciding who's seen as like fancy models like I hardly look like a nude model which is insane because like that is what I've been doing like yeah I mean part of the magic about going to nude beaches and what drew me in is you're not like your body matches itself so nicely like bodies when you start wearing clothes it's like well how nice is your clothes like how well is the cut and the size and what can you afford? And like, do you have the mm-hmm. right body for this clothes, but bodies just on their own, just look, they look great. They just look like bodies, no matter what they look like within reason. Like, cause everything just fits together. Like that's, it's your body. Yeah. So, you know, that's what got me into it. So now that like, there's so much more clothes and images that we're promoting and it's not the same message, like. You know, like once you put a bra strap, I'm blocking some of my like cool, like side chest and like muscles and whatnot, because you just don't see it.
0: Um, Yeah. Do you ever do like nudes where you draw like a bra strap on to like make, because you can trick Instagram and and be pretty successful at it by, I mean, censoring it by drawing a bra on or whatever.
1: I think I've done that once or twice. I think I need to do that more. I just, I'm such a purist. Yeah. And it kind of like, um, but I do think I need to do that because at this point, like I just feel like I post like 5% of what I can yeah. post. And so many people like my best poses are these like really bold poses like showing like, my whole torso like that to me is like one of my strong points. But in order to cover parts, you next thing you know, like you need your arm and like, you know, your, my biceps bigger than my boobs. So that's taking over like half my torso. And then like, you know, you have to cover your pubic regions and then your legs crossing over. And it's ruining the pose, quite frankly, you know, so but maybe I should just start doing the drawing and bras which is yeah
0: yeah. because then people can see that you were nude for a photo shoot and like photographers can be like oh she does pose nude if they like forgot or like they think that you stopped posing nude because you're not posting nudes on Instagram like everybody else can
1: yeah it's still just but then the more you cover then the less that you know yeah less views it gets i don't know It like, it drives me crazy but then i start all the time to sounding like whiny because people are like what are you talking about we all have the same problem And i go nope actually no. nope some models have all these poses yes yeah, that, that and that and that and that and that and that. yeah i, I have those photos too but i i can't post them
0: <laughs> like yeah. i
1: can't even re-blog what you've blogged of yes me.
0: yeah like, and one of the fucked up things like I tried having hiring somebody else to start a second Instagram account for me to post censored and implied nudes and they started it from their phone with their email address and they just made it with my name like Christy Jessica like artistic or something like that and I would I was thinking like oh if I have a smaller account that's newer that's posting everything that everybody else is getting away with it should be able to take off, but it only lasted about a month and a half and it got taken down. So I feel I'm very personally being targeted by Instagram.
1: And you probably are, or all it takes is one person that doesn't want you sharing stuff.
0: I don't know. It's hard to get to the bottom of it, but it is frustrating.
1: Very frustrating.
0: But all we can do is
1: just keep doing what we do and finding the people that know us and know that we are good at what we do and, you know, pleasant to be around and, you know, like what we're doing. Yes. Definitely
0: key. Reputation will continue your success.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Kira, it was really great talking to you. I think we had a really good episode. I'll post this next week on Thursday, and I'll share in the show notes links to all your stuff, your Instagram, model mayhem, whatever other links you want me to include so people can check
1: you out. Awesome, Possum. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thanks. Have a good rest of your day.
1: Sounds good, and I hope we cross paths soon. Yeah,
0: we've yeah. We've never
1: actually modeled together. I know. <laughs> ah. I know. It's what happens when you travel this way and I travel that way. Yeah,
0: totally. I know. So. What should you think of? Yeah. Okay, have a
1: good one. Right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.